For the News and Observer, I'm Avi Bajpai, your host of this week's episode of Under the Dome. Since leaving office, Donald Trump has been trying to retain and sustain as much influence over the Republican Party as possible. He's also repeatedly, almost on a daily basis, claimed that he won the 2020 presidential election, which he falsely says was, quote, rigged and stolen. Trump returned to North Carolina on Saturday to do both of those things, exercise his influence over state politics by urging his supporters to vote for the U.S. Senate and House candidates he's endorsed, and repeat several false or misleading claims that have come up frequently at his rallies. My colleague Lars Dolder and I were at Trump's Save America rally on Saturday, and after the day-long affair during which we heard from Ted Budd, Madison Cawthorn, Bo Hines, Mark Robinson, Dan Bishop, Greg Murphy, and Trump himself, Lars and I went through what we heard, what this rally means in the context of the upcoming May 17th primary election, and why it's important to cover these rallies in the first place. The following is our conversation after the conclusion of the rally Saturday night in Selma, North Carolina. Uh, Avi, where do we start, man? Uh, seven hours on the ground in Selma. We've had several speakers, prominent members of the GOP in the North Carolina political arena. Ted Budd, who is a candidate for Senate, a congressman now. Bo Hans, Greg Murphy, who are both running as well. Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson and uh, Congressman Madison Cawthorn. Each uh, spoke on some of the same high points. Maybe we can start there, Avi, if we could just briefly... What, what was the gist of, of what each person brought to the table? What do you think were the takeaways uh, they were trying to get across to, to visitors at the rally? Yeah, Lars, um, you're, you're absolutely right. It's, it's, uh, it's hard to, uh, to know where to start, but that, that's a good place to start. Um, but yeah, seven hours, uh, quite a long day um, for, for all the uh, Trump supporters who uh, gathered here. I mean, when we, I think we both got here um, just around 1.30, and there were already quite a bit of people assembled. Um, so, yeah, pretty long day for everyone who, who stuck till the end to listen to all the candidates and then uh, the former president himself. Um, you know, in terms of what, you know, the common sort of thread running through everyone's remarks, I think, you know, all of it's basically um, brought this message home and, and kept uh, sort of uh, amplifying this message and repeating this message about, how crucial uh, the primary is, the upcoming primary, just in about five weeks on May 17th. But then obviously the, the general election in the, um, in the Senate race, uh, which um, is, a, is a critical race, um, like we were talking about earlier uh, this afternoon, the uh, race to re- uh, uh, basically replace retiring Senator Richard Burr. Uh, you know, that could have uh, major ramifications for which party controls uh, emerges from November with control of the Senate. So... Um, you basically heard a lot of these candidates, uh, you know, uh, Congressman Cawthorn, I thought was, um, you know, among those who was, uh, he was really driving that point home a lot um, and, and, uh, and strongly, um, basically trying to impress upon voters what's at stake here, which is, uh, you know, control of the Senate, control of the House um, after November. Um, but, you know, even... They, they didn't necessarily talk about it too much, but even control down ballot um, at the state level. But um, I thought that was that was really w- one of the common threads. Everyone touched on that point. Um, Cawthorn did. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson certainly did. Uh, Bo Hines, who's new to, to politics, he's running here in Johnson County in the 13th district. Um, and he's hopefully, uh, you know, he's probably hoping that many of the people who turned out today will, will go vote for him in, in May and then, you know, 
um, in, 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 the, in the primary. Uh, he was driving this point home, too. And then, of course, um, uh, you know, Donald Trump was uh, bringing, making this point at several points, at several times in his, uh, in his remarks. I think he spoke for a little more than an hour. And uh, that was really the, the theme of his remarks, the message. Um, what he wanted to drive home was, you know, this sort of um, uh, bit of a bit of a dystopian vision of where the country is headed. Um, you see this in polling too. Lots of Republicans say that uh, the country is headed down the wrong path, and that was basically what Trump was was um, was offering to voters tonight. Yeah, uh, naturally, he talked about his aspirations to to hold the presidency again after uh, another two years. But like you said, the more imminent message, I think, from the Republican Party and the speakers who were there tonight was they want to take back control of Congress and uh, and and thereby push through some legislative changes that they've been looking for. Um, I think it's our responsibility pretty early on in this conversation, Avi, to address what were a lot of uh, claims presented as facts from some of these speakers that are just blatant misinformation. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to fact check a lot of what came out. Uh, but unfortunately that often, um, is taken by some listeners as, as, as truth when it's not, what were some that stood out to you that, uh, that we might rectify here? Uh, in, I mean, in the- no, certainly. Um, I think the, the one that stands out the most, uh, kind of the most, um, you might say sort of egregious thing that was coming up tonight. Um, and that, and that Trump was saying several times uh, was uh, you can sort of categorize it under claims about um, all kinds of malfeasance irregularities in the last election. But, you know, but, but Donald Trump coming out here more than a month, uh, more than a year, rather, um, after he left office um, and, and, uh, and, and, and Trump took over, um, you know, saying multiple times that, the election was was rigged, was stolen. That he he believes he won twice, uh, you know, referencing 2016 and 2020, um, and that uh, there were many things wrong with uh, the voting process in 2020. Um, and you know, uh, I mean, you heard that from uh, you know um, all of the speakers uh, tonight. And you also, I mean, you had it. You had uh, people sort of in the conservative uh world some of some of these people who are sort of stars in conservative media um you know you had the the ceo of my pillow mike lindell he was here um i think he got a, a shout out from trump um i don't think he was invited to go up on stage but uh you know you know you had him also uh making these claims um uh you know while during the break basically while we were waiting after all the initial speakers when we were waiting for uh for trump to take to the stage uh you know um lengthy interviews with with conservative media basically talking about uh all of these claims and and none of this is new but it's it's not going away either uh which is which is the main thing um it has some staying power within conservative politics and it's it's likely gonna be the main theme going you know uh headed into the midterms and then of course headed into 2024 we don't know what's going to happen with the presidential race but that was the one that stuck out to me the most that was um you know, Republicans have not really across the entire party have not figured out a way to talk about the truth of what happened. You know, Joe Biden won won the election, and you see this. I mean, Ted Budd is uh, the candidate that endorsed in the Senate race here, and yet he uh, gave an interview a couple of months ago in which he was asked point blank, you know, do you think that that Joe Biden is the legitimate um, uh, president, is elected legitimately, and that he won by something you know close to. I forget the exact number, but more than 7 million 
popular votes. And he said yes. And now he's actually being attacked for the, for saying that, for admitting that. It, it doesn't seem like much. It doesn't seem like something that's really difficult to admit. But, um, you know, he's being attacked for, for that itself by um, by a, a different uh, political action committee um, running ads. Uh, so so that that was the one that stuck out to me the most. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that is the most egregious, like you said, the most dangerous. Uh, a highlight of my evening, when we get some better service later, we might upload a video, but I, I question Mike Lindell. You mentioned that he was one of the speakers who who uh, posited that idea of um, a stolen election. He claimed even that uh, evidence of that was more votes coming from Pennsylvania, for example, uh, than, than were voters in the state, which is patently false. Um, again, easy to fact check. And uh, I called him on that, to which uh, he, he responded unkindly. But uh, we'll, we'll put that up later. I think that, that people might enjoy this, seeing the reaction. Um, let's talk about what, so optics is a big thing for the Republican Party. I think that you were kind of getting at that when you talked about uh, their reluctance to admit when, when the party has fallen short in one way or another. And even the way that some of these rallies are organized, uh, packing in the crowds really close around the podium, to, to give an appearance of maybe more numbers than were there. It, it, it's part of, of a, a bigger campaign to to uh, present support that might not be there, right? Obviously, for example, we heard from some right-wing reporters even this evening that 20,000 people were in attendance when when that's just not true. Uh, by our estimate, we, we came to about 2,000 or so. How do you think that we can express or, or, or explain the difference in what, uh, Trump and Republican leaders would present as the kind of support they have in the state and a more objective perspective of how they really might be supported among uh, the electorate? Well, I mean, I think I think uh, there's probably two things. One is, you know, it's just important to be uh, sort of straightforward about uh, what what transpired here today. Um, I, I don't think we I don't think we know exactly who was uh, promoting this idea that there were something like 20,000 people who showed up. But, um, you know, when 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 Trump came here to this venue, the, the farm at 95 here in Selma, um, uh six years ago, just a couple of days before the 2016 presidential election, uh, the, the News and Observer, we were there covering that that rally. Uh, and at that time, he drew something around 15,000 supporters uh, came out to listen to him. And um, it was quite clear uh, it, w- it was really nowhere near that level here tonight. Uh, in terms of you know why there's this there's this inclination to sort of uh, to make it seem like something that it's not. Um, you know I think that I think that goes into one of the questions we were talking about this afternoon, um, and that's really what this former president's continued influence is in his in his party among GOP voters. Um, I, and we were saying that that was going to be one of the the questions. What was the turnout going to be like? What was the level of enthusiasm going to be like? Now, obviously, the people who were here and who were right in the thick of it and basically, you know, in the crowd right in front of the podium, there was there was plenty of enthusiasm for for Trump and for the other speaker. So there's no doubt about that. But um, you know, I think it is a valid question um, when 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 you have uh, much, you know, uh, fewer people. Um, coming coming out to to listen to to Trump, and I think um, it, this is really most important uh, when you when you think of Mary um, on May seventeenth, because because Donald Trump has gone out there and endorsed uh, these three high profile candidates: Ted Budd, Madison Cawthorn, Bo Hines, um, and it's um, it's a test. Basically, I think you know we're going to see um, how these candidates perform in 
in a couple of weeks. Um, are those, they're all running in uh, competitive races um, and uh, Cawthines in particular have several opponents. Um, and some of those, uh, some of those races look like they're, they're pretty tight. Um, in spite of, I think the question is, you know, in spite of um, uh, Trump's rally here today, him coming down here, if those races remain tight going into May 17th, and if, uh, if, if the candidates he's endorsed don't uh, sort of uh, do really well, and if there are runoffs, um, you know, if, if, if I think that's a signal from, from, from voters that uh, they might still admire the former president quite a bit. And, you know, maybe there is a lot of uh, sort of a groundswell of um, uh, enthusiasm and support for, for him running 2024. But when it comes to him trying to influence the other races uh, for Senate, for House and further down the, uh, you know, it might be a signal that not everyone is on the same page and that Trump can't necessarily just sort of, uh, you know, it's not translating into votes across the board. Yeah. Yeah. Let me let me jump in on um, on something that you've brought up there. Let's actually zoom in a bit and and bring it home. So Bo Hines is uh, a candidate for Congress, the 13th district. Correct me if, if I remember that wrong. Yep. But yep. Uh, the 13th. Yeah. So which includes Johnston County. So that's that's, you know, part of the greater triangle area. Selma, of course, is in Johnston County. And so many of those in attendance at the at the rally uh, likely would be among those who could vote for him. You wrote an article not long ago that uh, that indicated from some GOP leadership and others in the area underwhelming support for Heinz. But we saw tonight that Trump doubled down on his endorsement. He actually pretty explicitly it seemed like he might have been addressing some of those concerns. What do you make of that? And, and you know, you maybe get into what you were talking about as to the, the weight of Trump's endorsement, what it means for potential candidates and what it might be on the other side, too, when the GOP is is still not happy with the candidate despite Trump's uh, evidence support. Yeah. So um, I, I, I wrote this article. This was uh, from yesterday. Um, the gist of it is basically, you know, there, there are some signs that um, among local GOP figures here in Johnson County, uh, people who are active in Republican politics here, you know, not everyone is not on the same page about, about Bo Hines. Um, there's this uh, relatively new organization. It's called the Johnson County Republic Men's Organization. Um, it's completely independent of the county GOP. Uh, it's led by uh, Linwood Parker. He's a uh, he's a former mayor, a longtime mayor of, of a town here called Four Oaks. Um, he's been active in Republican politics for quite a long time here in the county. Um, and you know this this group is is basically uh, is spending money to put out ads in local newspapers. Uh, two papers this this past week, and uh, you know they were indicating that there's more to come. Basically, you know, addressed to to Trump and saying, you know, we basically the, the message basically being we we remain steadfast supporters of yours. We're enthusiastic. Uh, we, we're enthusiastic supporters of yours, um, and we've delivered for you in the past. You know, the ad is explicitly noting that in 2016 and 2020, Johnson County uh, delivered for 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 Trump. Uh, I think both times it was more than 61 percent um, of the vote went for Trump. But they have strong concerns about Bohines, and and the ad is clearly saying that their message is that there is no sort of uh, thinking about it further. They can't support Heinz's candidacy. This all stems from the fact that you know, there are some people here locally who have reservations about um, whether Bohines can adequately represent them in Congress, given the fact that he doesn't really have any strong ties to the county itself. Uh, now, I uh, talked to. A spokesperson for Heinz, and uh, he noted that, you know, Bo Heinz uh, spent a few years playing football 
um, for NC State. He lived in in Raleigh uh, at that time, uh, presumably in, in Wake County. Um, so, you know, pushing back on that a little bit, saying that, no, he does have connections. But um, I think that's uh, I think that's interesting that, you know, these uh, local figures who who know voters here, who have been sort of ingrained in this community, lived here for a long time. Um, some of the opponents that Hines is facing in the GOP primary are people who have lived in Johnson County for, you know, their whole life, uh, grown up here, have businesses here. Um, and they feel like there's this there's there's a candidate who's coming in from outside who doesn't, you know, uh, sort of um, understand their community, doesn't reflect their priorities, and they don't have faith that he's that they're going to fight, that candidate's going to fight for them in Congress. Um, so, I mean, you know, I don't know about you, Lars, but one thing I was noticing today was um, you can sort of tell from from the from the crowd reaction which candidates people are more enthused about. I think, uh, no, you know, I, I would probably say Trump and Robinson were at the top of the list, um, generating the most amount of uh, sort of like loud, raucous, uh, cheering and applause and enthusiasm. Um, you know, I, I think the question is, uh, we're five weeks out from the primary, and if, in spite of this, it's a tight race for Heinz, um, that, I think that's going to be a signal that, you know, um, Trump coming out and endorsing Heinz, and tonight he was saying that he has his complete, and I think something along the lines of complete and full or complete and total endorsement, that's not really translating into, into votes for whatever reason, whatever concerns or reservations people might have so um i I think that's a major major thing that we'll have to watch um what is what is the president's influence going forward yeah let's talk about ted bud briefly uh and you can come back again to talk more about robinson and cawthorn but uh, but is part of a race that that has more immediate importance like we mentioned earlier Uh, he and trump suggested at tonight's rally that his numbers are far and away ahead of the pack um almost as if he had already won the, the primary, the Republican primary. What are you seeing, though, from, from your reporting? Because he has some strong competitors, familiar names in the Republican Party in North Carolina. How, how is he really stacking up against the competition? Yeah, you know, when you talk about Bud, while we were um, here today, the, the word that kept coming to mind for me was, um, was consolidation. Uh, you know, the message to the voters was that the party has to come together and support Ted Budd so that he can a uh, strong candidate going into the general and, and beat uh, Democratic candidate Sherry Beasley. But to me, the, the, the big one of the big pieces of news today is that uh, Mark Robinson, the lieutenant governor who hadn't endorsed a candidate yet in the Senate race, came out today uh, just a few hours before he was set to appear at the rally uh, with Budd and Trump and came out and endorsed uh, Ted Budd. I thought that was notable. Um, that, you know, he decided to make that, he made that decision right now. And um, it, the word, consol- you know, consolidation, that that um, idea kept coming back into my head. It seems like at this point, the party is trying to, um, more and more figures in the party, I should say, um, are, are uh, trying to send a signal to voters saying, you know, basically you should do as we are. Um, we're, we're lining up in support of Ted Budd. And, uh, you know, in terms of the, the question about, you know, how uh, I, I was getting that impression, too, the way that Trump was talking about some of this recent polling, sort of implying that sort of a foregone conclusion that, you know, and then he was, you know, uh, one of the other interesting things was we had a gubernatorial candidate today from Arizona, Carrie Lake, uh, another individual who's been endorsed by Trump. Um, she was here at the rally. Uh, she was talking with Mike Lindell for some time. Um, and at one point, Trump was saying, you know, uh, you know, it would be interesting to see who 
uh, wins their primary by a bigger margin, uh, carry Laker Ted Budd. I don't really know if that's the case right now. I, I think they they might be sort of uh, jumping the gun a little bit. Um, it was a, a good couple of uh, weeks this past week and the week before for Ted Budd. There were a couple of polls that came out that that showed that he his lead might be, you know he might be in the lead now actually uh, because for many months it was uh, former Governor Pat McCrory whatever sort of limited polling there was that it was really showing that McCrory had a an advantage. Um, so yes, there are some recent polls. One is nonpartisan poll by Emerson College and The Hill. Um, I believe that poll was showing that Ted Budd has a 16 point lead over McCrory, but that's just one poll. Uh, one snapshot in time, uh, and it's serving one group of voters. I don't know how much you can um, uh, sort of attribute the the broader state of the race to one poll. Um, and I think things are are, are still in flux. And um, you know, uh, Ted Budd is still facing three other three other major candidates. Uh, of course, Pat McCrory, but also former uh, Congressman Mark Walker, and then uh, veteran Marjorie Eastman. Um, so I don't, I don't know that the race is, uh, sort of settled at this point. There's still five weeks. Um, that's, that's plenty of time. And, you know, I, it seems that, uh, Trump and other figures in, in the, in the party and in local North Carolina Republican politics would like for there to be a big shift towards Bud and for that to be sustained. Um, you know, we'll see, we'll see if there are more polls that come out in the, in the next couple weeks before the primary, if, if that's what it shows. Um, I would point out, you know, there there was another poll two weeks ago. Um, it wasn't a it wasn't a non it wasn't a poll from a sort of uh, nonpartisan entity or or a news outlet, but it was showing a much closer race. I think that poll was showing a three point ad, uh, advantage for for Bud, which was in, within the margin of error. So, um, yeah, all of this comes back to the main point that we have five weeks left to the primary, and on May seventeenth, when resulting in, then we'll see uh, whether voters are on the same page as Trump to this degree or if there's still, you know, if that's not the case. Mark Robinson and Madison Cawthorn were there, as we said earlier, two of the more engaging speakers at the event, I would say they seemed to evoke uh, more emotion from the crowds than some of the others outside of Trump himself. Uh, neither though, it really fit the same profile of what we're talking about with Bud and Bo Hines. That is to say that the voters from Johnson County and surrounding areas, um, might not be thinking of them for an immediate election. Cawthorn will be up, but he's a Western uh, North Carolina congressman and that his, his district doesn't include uh, areas here. And Mark Robinson is lieutenant governor. Um, it might be making a run. He's been hinting at a run for governor in the next couple of years. But again, it, it's not part of uh, this run up to the primaries. But what do you think they represent in the party and what do they bring to the table uh, attending events like this? Why are they part of the bigger conversation? Yeah, that's really interesting, especially Cawthorn, who is several hours, his, his district is several hours away from Johnson County. Um, I think the answer to that is, you know, uh, I'd probably say Robinson and Cawthorn are uh, two figures in GOP politics in North Carolina who um, are, are really major figures who evoke a lot of uh, support and enthusiasm from, uh, you know, sort of rank and file GOP voters. Um, you know, I don't think... Uh, I don't think uh, it should be underestimated how much um, uh, enthusiasm and support there is out there for someone like Mark Robinson, um, who uh, people weren't necessarily looking at as the GOP nominee um, for lieutenant governor to make it out of that primary um, a couple of years ago. And, and, you know, like he was saying, you know, he was saying it himself today that just a few years ago, he was a factory worker and, and now he's standing 
on a stage in front of all of these people, uh, you know, chanting his name, chanting Trump's name next to a former former president. Um, so I think that's I think that's the answer there. Uh, Robinson and Cawthorn are high pro Republicans. Um, they generate enthusiasm. I mean, you know, we were talking about how uh, you know they both are um, you know they're pretty uh, pretty good speakers. They know how to uh, get a crowd going. They know how to resonate with a crowd. There was quite a bit of um, you, you could tell that the crowd was connecting with them quite a bit. Uh, you know, obviously, I think the crowd was Trump was probably the most uh, anticipated figure tonight. But I think Robinson and Cawthorn were sort of connecting with the crowd the most. And um, and I think they do that whenever they speak at these kinds of, uh, uh, you know, sort of uh, rallies where there are lots of people in attendance. So I think it points to the fact that they're, you know, um, big figures in GOP politics here. And as much as they both sort of generate headlines and are involved in controversies, uh, Cawthorn, especially in the last couple of weeks, um, you know, I think with Cawthorn, we'll see in the primary um, how tight of a race that is. He's facing several opponents. Um, and it is interesting, you know, he has Trump's backing. He has uh, the Club for Growth's backing. And I do want to mention that uh, it was interesting to see that the Club for Growth, President David McIntosh, was here tonight and Trump had him come up to the to the stage for a little bit. And Trump was kind of um, uh, mentioning the fact that ordinary voters might not know who David McIntosh is, but he's having a pretty, he's an important figure. He the Club for Growth has been spending millions of dollars uh, supporting uh, chiefly Ted Budd, but also Heinz now. Uh, you know, they just launched a, I think it was a $1.25 million ad buy in support of Heinz um, that they're launching between now and the end of the prime, uh, you know, up until the primary. So, um, uh, you know, I just want to make that point that it was interesting that, that uh, McIntosh was here and that, uh, you know, Trump brought him up onto the stage. But uh, just, just to get back to the question and, and to this point about, the sort of uh, staying power of Cawthorn and um, Robinson. You know, I think, uh, I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. I think that they are both, um, they both have uh, staying power and they're both uh, sort of, uh, you know, sort of rock star figures for GOP voters. Much more to report on Cawthorn and Robinson, especially uh, in coming years. Uh, there's more to be said about the primaries, which are coming in just a few weeks, and uh, what takeaways we might have from Trump's rally here in Selma this evening. Uh, you can look out for more material on that from the News and Observer that will be coming in print and online. Uh, check out our Under the Dome podcast as well on Monday that will synthesize some of the material that we've discussed this evening. Before we wrap up, though, Avi, real quick, I, I'm wondering if you can distill for listeners the answer to this question. Why should people care about an event like this? Because I think that often on social media, we, we get some feedback from folks that wonder why, why we cover rallies. Um, supporters and detractors alike have a lot to say about that. What really is, is that, that your average listener should be keyed in on after an event like this? Yeah, I think that's a great question, Lars. Um, I think for me, my way of thinking about this is, you know, you can sort of read about rallies like this in, in the newspaper, um, online, or see, see some clips about them, uh, clips of them on TV or whatever, um, and kind of, you know, sort of uh, dismiss it as, you know, um, it's, uh, you know, it's just a political rally. And, and this is, this isn't sort of, this is on both, uh, this could be for Democrats watching a, watching a Trump rally or vice versa. Um, but I think it's, I think it's important to come out here and uh, report on these rallies in person. 
and see what the atmosphere is like, see what the crowd is like, what the level of enthusiasm is like, um, you know, uh, what what voters are saying and how the how these uh, candidates candidates are resonating with with the voters, um, because, you know, um, for every one of these rallies, there's a couple thousand of people who are coming out to attend them. And then there might be their friends and family who didn't come for whatever reason, couldn't come or they lived in a different part of the state. But they, um, you know, uh, think alike and they vote in similar ways. And I think it's important just to uh, keep um, keep track of the state of different races, the state of our politics here. North Carolina is one of these fascinating states where um, in, in any given election cycle, you can have uh, Democrats winning certain races, Republicans winning other races. It's a, it's a very divided state. Um, and because because of that reality, I think that's why people should uh, at least take a glance at what what is happening at these rallies, what's coming out of them. You know, sometimes uh, political rallies happen so frequently, uh, you know, especially in the run up to an election, you get jaded, uh, which is understandable. But I don't know. I think that um, I think it's still worth everyone tuning in for a little bit. And it's not about, uh, you know, it's 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 I think it applies for everyone. Um, Democrats listening to Republicans, uh, Republicans listening to Democrats, independents listening to both. I think it's it's just um, you want to be it's just about being informed and, and seeing what, uh, you know, other people are talking about. Um, so that's what I would say. Again, for more news on tonight's rally, for photos and uh, some other updates, as well as a few fact checks that will be coming in the next day or two, uh, tune into the News and Observer online and in print. Check out our Under the Dome podcast coming out Monday or follow at Under the Dome here on Twitter for more dedicated political coverage. And we thank you all for joining our Twitter space this evening. I'm Lars Dolder with Avi Bajpai from the News and Observer, doing our best to keep you abreast of what's going on on the ground in North Carolina's political arena. We thank you again. For more from our politics team, subscribe to the News and Observer at newsobserver.com slash subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Under the Dome and NC Insider, and sign up for our weekly political newsletter, also called Under the Dome, at newsobserver.com slash newsletters.